This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to the Friday, October 20th, 2017 NBA edition of On the Daily, brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. I'm Matt LaMarca, who you can find on Twitter at Matt LaMarca, and I'm joined tonight by Vince Long, who you can find on Twitter at WakeWorkWake. Vince, how's it going? Pretty good, man. Just, uh... Recording this right in the middle of watching your beloved New York Knicks uh, play basketball. Yep, they're about so, in midseason form already. Yeah, man, peaking. They're peaking at the wrong time, though, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, NBA season back in action. Uh, this is our first podcast breaking down the actual slate of games. It should be the second, but... In all honesty, I just forgot that we had to do one. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. On it, wasn't on, it wasn't on me, people. I was prepared and ready to go. It was, it was your fearless leader, Matt LaMarca. So. so I've served my suspension. Uh, I paid the team <laughs> fine for missing the plane. And uh, hopefully my minutes aren't cut by the you're, by the management you're not going get, forward. You're not getting a single touch on this podcast, <laughs> not one touch. All right, I'm happy to distribute and earn my minutes again. <laughs> uh, let's dive right in. We've got 10 games for Friday. Uh, we're going to start with Boston Celtics at the Philadelphia 76ers. They are favored by one and a half points, the 76ers that is, and it's a 217.5 point total. Injuries. Gordon Hayward is going to be out probably for the whole season. One of the most gruesome injuries I've ever seen live. Uh, really kind of disturbing to watch. Yeah. Gershon Yabusele, uh, I th- I believe he's still questionable with an illness that he's been battling since opening night. And then Joel Embiid, who knows? He was supposed to be limited to minutes in the teens. Ended up playing 27 minutes on Wednesday. So I don't know what that means going forward. It, I love how next to his name in parentheses you have everybody's injured what what you know ankle illness and then next to Joel Embiid it just says everything everything you I never know it. with him man anything is in play <laughs> so we'll see what the coaching staff and management decides to do with with him here but that's basically what it's going to be all season so let's start with Kyrie Irving uh, he is nine thousand on Fanduel eighty six hundred on DraftKings do you see this being a good spot for him? Oh, I want to say yes, but I mean, 
I don't, I don't know how to read this team anymore. I mean, obviously, I want to play Kyrie Irving when it's basically just Kyrie Irving. Like, that right. sounds good, but your boy Jalen Brown has been showing up. Tatum's been a monster. Um, I mean, I want to say yes, but with a game that Kyrie has, I mean, Embiid is going to change things a little bit at the rim. So it, it, it's it's an interesting spot for him. I don't think he's a must. I don't think he's a must for cash games, but GPP, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, so it's interesting, right? He came to Boston because he wanted to, you know, be the guy. And so far, his usage rate has been about four points lower than it was in Cleveland last year. So it's interesting. I definitely think that change is going forward. You know, I think this is certainly a guy who's going to get his usage rate north of 30% as the season goes on. Yeah, I, I would think so. And it is a decent matchup against Philly. Wall had a pretty good game against them on Wednesday. I could definitely see myself using Kyrie in GPPs. He's probably not somebody I'm going to consider for cash games, but definitely somebody who I like the ceiling for here. He has averaged 39 minutes in those first two contests, so that's something to to also uh, keep in mind when you're making lineups. Let's talk about some of those value guys you mentioned, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, even Marcus Smart. They were all basically exclusively too expensive on the first two nights. And now their salaries have been jacked way up there. You see any value in any of them still? If they're going to keep playing the way that they're playing right now, like on DraftKings in the mid 5Ks, like they're playable. But like, I don't think it's a must for cash games anymore like they were the previous two nights. Right. Um, I mean, I, I, I truly didn't see this coming from Jalen Brown. So I don't even really – I'm going to let you weigh in on Jalen Brown because – I've just never paid attention to the guy, and these past two games have been really good for him, you know, and I, I, I'm curious to see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I think this is definitely upper-end outcomes that you can expect okay. from him. I don't think he's going to be doing this all season, but he's he's a good offensive player. He, he, he took 23 field goal attempts in that first game. That might end up being a season high for him. So it should end up being a season high yeah, for him. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't expect that kind of production going forward. But he can he can do a little bit of everything. So uh, I don't mind him. I think if I were to play one of them, it would be smart. Okay. I have no issue with that, actually. Um, so I've never been a huge smart fan, but the way smart plays is great for DFS. And he can always kind of – he has a higher floor than the other two, I feel like, at this point. Yes, because he's, he's a good rebounder for a guard. He's had nine rebounds and seven rebounds in the first yeah. two games. He can give you some peripheral statistics. He'll handle the ball, play a little point guard. So, And he hasn't even shot well in his first two games. He's a combined nine for 29. So he's got some room to improve in that department. I still think he's in play for me at 6K on DraftKings. Are you interested in Rozier at all? Maybe a little bit uh, as like a GPP type play. He's, yeah, definitely he, not for cash. Right. Just, he's had an incredible back-to-back awesome games for his price point yep and i played him on opening night which i was proud of i I didn't have the courage to go back to him on a uh an 11 game slate or whatever it was on wednesday but um yeah i think he's fine he's he's a volatile type of player you know he's going to see minutes probably in the mid-20s and it's going to come down to whether or not he's making his shots for you on a given night. So yeah, for sure. On a ten game slate, I'm not sure if I really want to go there, but I certainly wouldn't fault you if you, if you wanted to play him. Yeah, I get that. All right, let's talk the Philly side. So Embiid, until we get a clear definition of what his role is going to be, we probably can't look to play him, right? 
I mean, I told you last year, I, I think I played Embiid once, and it was a game in which he put up like 17 fantasy points. Um, <laughs> I just, I can't pay 8K for a guy that I don't know is getting at least like 34 minutes. Like, I just, I, and I understand that he can put up 50 fantasy points in 25 minutes. Like, he absolutely has that ability, especially against Boston, who can't rebound the ball. Horford's not slowing him down. So, I mean, it's definitely a good spot for him. I and mean, if you're going to throw him in a GPP, I have no problems with it. But 8K on DraftKings, I just think that there's better options on a slate this big. Right. That's the thing. If I knew that he was going to play 25 to 28 minutes... I'd have no problem with him. Because See, I want 30-plus at least for I, I an I understand guy. it, but he, like, he, he was – that's what he was doing last year, and he was giving us 40 every single yeah, night. I know, and I never played him. I never once got a – I never got a taste of that. He's just so high usage. Like, he, he his usage rate is astronomical, even with, you know, Ben Simmons now on the team. Embiid still had a ridiculous, you know, statistical game in his first outing. He had 18 and 13, so – He's just that good. I mean, he's he's an elite level talent. It's just a shame I don't think we're ever gonna really see him, you know, get a full go of it. At least certainly not this year. Yeah, it's not gonna be anytime soon because they're gonna have him in bubble wrap as long as they can. Right. Speaking of Simmons, I hope you enjoyed his uh, fifty six hundred dollar price tag on on Fanduel for the first game what? of the season. He was fifty six hundred dollars on Fanduel. I don't 50, play a lot of Fanduel. Let me get 5, that out there. Fifty six hundred. That is that is stupid. Yeah, he was a hundred percent owned. Correct, he had to have been. Um, believe it or not, I I didn't play him. Matt. In, in, well, the thing is, I played uh, Giannis and okay. Lamarcus Aldridge, both of who okay. outscored. Yeah. They still uh, did. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, the Fanduel just to go on a quick tangent, their pricing on Wednesday was egregiously bad egregiously bad. Dennis Smith, I guess I should have played over there. Dennis Smith Jr. was sub 5K. Stop it. Yeah, it was, It was honestly, it I, was embarrassingly bad how, how the pricing <laughs> was. So I had Rodney Hood in my lineup, who gave me eight and a half fantasy points, I think, and I scored over 340 FanDuel points. That's crazy. And, and didn't win all my contests. Like, I didn't cash in all my contests. Like, I had my, it was just ridiculous. It was so bad, the pricing. So I'm glad that they've adjusted here pretty quickly but yeah the free square of ben simmons is now gone so that being said i think you probably can still play him at 7700 but i think his ownership is going to be you know a little inflated after that first game yeah i think he's definitely an option um he's going to do a lot of everything which is really really good um you know he's going to have the ball in his hands quite often with Embiid still limited it's going to be his show i i i think I don't know. I still feel like this price is still relatively low for what he can do. I mean, we saw in his first NBA game, what did he put up? 45 FanDuel points or something like that. I mean, that's that's incredible. Like, this this kid has an incredible ceiling in a 77 I, on FanDuel and 75 on DraftKings. Like, I, I still think that that's, that's a possible cash game play for me. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, he was 71 on DK, and he crushed value there. So yeah. it's not like he's seeing a huge price spike. Uh, I do like the position flexibility you have with him. Uh, I just don't know. I mean, we'll see what the rest of the slate dynamics look like. I guess it's not a great thing to say as you're yeah, going I, through a preview I, podcast. But I will say this. I have not even attempted to construct a lineup, so right. I don't know how things are going to fall out. Yeah. Unfortunately, outside of Simmons, I don't think there's anyone I'm really looking at. Uh, our boy Robert Covington had a huge first Ooh. night. But don't expect him to make seven of 11 threes every game. 
people are going to chase those points. Yeah, I will say the minute breakdown was, was I think, nice for him. He saw 29 to Saric's 22 or so. But unless Embiid sits, both of those guys are probably not really guys that are going to be in consideration all that often, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, on DraftKings, where he's 5.7, I still think you can throw Robert Covington in a GPP, but just know that the the owner percentage is going to be incredibly high, so it might not even be worth a GPP look. But 5.7, man, he can hit that value in this in this game. Because I think this game is... You said Philly's favorite. Yeah, by in this a point game. And a half. That's that number one. That's insane. But number <laughs> two, like I think this is going to be a really competitive game. I think you could actually get away with a little mini stack of this game yeah, in some way, shape, or form. That's that's true. I mean, a one and a half point spread and a two seventeen point five total. That's definitely game stackable. Yeah, and we have seen that work. I mean, if you stack that uh, Pacers Nets game on Wednesday, you won all yeah. the money. So you did it really, really well. <laughs> Uh, before moving on, let's talk real quick about the Rotoviz NBA Pass. Uh, it's officially live now. You can get a 30% discount through that through the podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash NBA podcast. With that, you get seven plays of the day article, one a week. You get the GPP plays article. We're going to have some season-long coverage. Uh, I've been running a live blog. I ran it on Wednesday, and we've got some great analytics articles. Um, Josiah, who goes by uh, Drew... Uh, I'm going to blank on the name. It was a really cool name. <laughs> he wrote a uh, a great piece about sort of the changing analytics of the NBA and, and how scoring is differentiating and stuff like that. So that's a cool read. I, I recommend checking that out. Uh, and the bonus is if you buy a road of his NBA pass, you're also going to get football season coverage included for the rest of the year. So it's a little bit of a two for one deal. I recommend go, going and checking that out. That is totally worth it, 100%. Yeah. The football yeah. coverage is, is awesome, and the basketball coverage this year, I think we're hoping to have on exactly the same plane. All right, next game, we've got the Hawks at the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte's favored by six, and we have a 202.5 point total. Uh, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist uh, has been away from the team for a personal reason. That's really the only status to monitor here. So let's get Is he playing it. in this game? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I haven't seen anything on it, yeah. It's it's really up in the air. Let's start with the Atlanta side. We both were big on Schroeder, and he didn't disappoint night one. What do you think about him? What do you think about the rest of this team? Um, I don't know. Yes, obviously. Schroeder's going to come in, and he's going to shoot, period. I mean, like, you're going to get volume from the guy. You're going to get volume from the guy all season. So... Basically, as as long as his price is relatively useful, uh, I think you can uh, attack him. I mean, this price point isn't crazy for a guy that's going to shoot at 15 to 20 times a game. Um, I don't know if this game stays close enough for me to attack it, though, especially with a high-priced guy like that. Interesting. Um, I don't think Atlanta is going to be good this year, and I think Charlotte is going to be above average, which is better than not good. Um, (laughs) I I don't mean to get so scientific with it, but, um, you know, it's just – Atlanta has nothing like when Baysmore is kind of your second go to option like that, that your team's going to struggle a bit. And Charlotte is a team that can play. I mean, it's going to be slow. And I think this game is going to hang around till the third. But I don't know how much fourth quarter we're going to get out of these guys. So I worry about it just a little bit. Yeah, I'm fine still with Schro- uh, with Schroeder at seventy six hundred. Would you I, I mean, Kimba is the same price. I feel like Kimba's the better pivot here. Yeah, 
I mean, we we'll, saw we'll what Ben Smith Jr. did, but but Schroeder is just an absolute sieve defensively. So you're gonna want to target him all year. Yeah. So yeah, I prefer Kemba of the two, but I think Schroeder's fine for for GPPs. I will say too, Dwayne Dedman at 4700, I think is an interesting punt play. Yeah, I agree. He played like 25 minutes on night one. He might need to play a couple more against Charlotte since they're a bigger team than Dallas. They're going to play Dwight Howard uh, for the majority of the game. So he could maybe get a little closer to 30 minutes in this one. And he's definitely a threat, I think, for like a cheap double-double. Yeah, Deadman was a guy that I liked a lot coming into the season. Um, and his courtmate slash backup, John Collins, is also really interesting to me as well. Um Dwayne Dedman was, I think he missed the cut for my GPP article on Wednesday by like two players. He was one of those guys that I really, really liked. I just couldn't pull the trigger. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think this is a really good spot for him, actually. I just, with Dwayne Dedman, we've seen it. It's not like this is a thing that I'm saying that's crazy, but you got to worry about the foul trouble. So just yes, be careful with absolutely. it. Absolutely. So. All right, let's talk about Kemba. 7,800 on DK. A uh, little bit disappointing first night against Detroit, but yeah. Detroit is a, a much better defensive team than Atlanta, especially at the point guard position. Like you said, this could be a spot where he feasts. Yeah, I definitely like him over uh, Schroeder. I don't mind playing them both if you really want to attack this game, but I, I might think twice about stacking up this game. <laughs> yeah, it's a low uh, total to, to stack yeah. even before you get into the potential blowout. I don't think either one of them are musts in any way, shape, or form, but the price is right if you're if you want to attack the mid-range and just do a nice balanced lineup. These guys can help you out with that. But, I mean, you're also going to have guys like Dwight, who's very, very interesting at his price point. What's, where is he on FanDuel? Uh, 74. He's a little steeper on FanDuel, but 67 on DraftKings is, is damn impressive. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say. I think Kimba's a better defender of the two, so I think that he... Just if you're picking one, Kimba's the clear answer here, and he's still going to get pretty good volume, even though he's not the only man on the team. Oh yeah, to- totally agree. You know, the they're still shorthanded. We mentioned we don't know what Kid Gilchrist is going to do. They're still without Batum. They're going to be without him for a while, obviously. And even though we we mentioned on our preview pods that Kemba's numbers statistically haven't been, uh, you know ridiculous without Batum it's still a nice spot for him here last season point guards who were projected for at least 20 points on fantasy labs put up almost 40 DK points so uh, they exceeded salary based expectations by a pretty significant amount I think that this is a really good spot for Kemba so yeah (laughs) at the risk of sounding like a broken record he's one of my favorite plays of the day okay All right, let's move on to the next game. We've got the Detroit Pistons at the Washington Wizards. Wizards are favored by 6.5, and and we have a 210.5 total. A couple injuries to monitor. The Wizards are still without Markeith Morris, and Jason Smith left their game on Wednesday, so he's questionable. They could be potentially down uh, their two starting power forwards, and then Anthony Tolliver is questionable with a knee injury for Detroit. So let's start with Detroit. Anybody here that that piques your interest? I mean, I'm not chasing Tobias, though. I know he can do that again. I just, well, this is a pretty good matchup for him. I don't know. Tobias is really interesting to me. I always love Drummond, 
but I still believe that Gortot can actually make a difference slightly. So, you know, I, I if I'm going to attack somebody from Detroit, it's probably going to be Avery Bradley. I can get behind that. 5,400 seems cheap for him. Yeah, I, I wrote him up in my GPP article Wednesday. He didn't he didn't smash by any means, but the volume's going to be there. We've seen Bradley do this. Like, this is a really good landing spot for him. I actually think he's going to be a viable fantasy option a lot this year. All right, so let me see if I can sell you on Drummond as a GPP play. So he, It's not going to take a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> so he put up uh, 36 DK points in their first game against Charlotte. And he did that in only 22 minutes of court time. I re- he was my cover boy for the GPP article on Wednesday, actually. <laughs> okay. So I'm, those 3,000 in the first half were uh, relatively brutal. Yeah, I'm hoping that when if he can stay out of foul trouble, you know, Washington likes to play a traditional center with Gortat and Mahimi. I think Drummond could potentially have one of his ceiling-type games here. Drummond, it, why he's so intriguing to me, and this is what I wrote up, is they actually are running the offense through him enough to where his assist totals are coming up. I know it's a, an incredibly small sample size, but in the preseason, I think he put up double-digit assists in three games uh, total, not you know each game. Right. <laughs> and I think he had like four or five assists in 22 minutes in his last game or his first game of the season. Like if if you're going to give me a guy with 20-20 upside and he has five assist upside in addition to his steals and blocks, like if you throw that extra, you know, seven to nine fantasy points in there for me, like I'm a really happy guy. And with where he's priced, I want to take advantage of that now because he's not going to be there for very long. If this if this be actually becomes a thing that he's not going to be priced in like the seven to eight K range very long. Right. See, you, you did a better job of selling me than I did selling you. And I was I, already I did, convinced. Like, steal your thunder. I apologize. <laughs> but man, no, that I was just perfect. excited about that on Wednesday. Like the fact that, and like, that's like a legitimate thing that like, people have been talking to him about it. Like him being a facilitator might not go away. Now it might not be, you know, a successful experiment, but I think they're truly trying to run the offense through the big man, which is good for him. I mean, he's still developing. He's not that old. So if he can add another facet to his game, like I'm, I'm actually really intrigued by that. So did you know that Stanley Johnson set some history on opening night? Did he miss the most shots? Most field goal attempts ever by a guy who didn't make one on opening <laughs> night. I was totally kidding when I said that. He went, what, 0-14? 0-13. Oh, my God. That That's being terrible. said, he had 13 attempts yeah, and played 40 did. minutes. And he's 3,700 on DraftKings. I think it's worth a shot in GPP if you really want to. For sure. I mean, he he had four steals, but other than that, he did virtually nothing in his court time, and he still almost paid off his salary. So Uh, I think he's got some potential here. I think that this game, kind of like you were saying with the first game, I think this game has a little bit of stackability for sure. Yeah, I don't don't disagree with that, actually. We haven't even got to the Washington side yet. Right. Well, let's move over to there. Who do you like for Washington? I mean, we can just, I mean, John Wall is yeah. basically always in play for me. There's not, we don't need to get long winded about John Wall. Um, I'm not a huge Bradley Beal guy, especially considering Avery Bradley is going to be on the other side of the ball. Um, I, I think this is just a time to pass on him, but I really, I like the value with Ubre is probably my favorite and Gortat. I like both of them. The cheaper guys from Washington is who I'm really interested in. Yeah. So yeah. Gortat really surprised me on night one, not because I don't think he's a good player, but I really just expected the split to be a little bit more even between him and Mahinmi. And Gortat really blew him out of the water. It was like 34 minutes to 14. So if that's going to be the case, he's super valuable at sub-6K. 
So Definitely. I'm with you there. Ubre might start if Jason Smith can't go. So yeah. I'm with you there. He had, I mean, he smashed against Philly. I, I mean, even I considered him coming off the bench, but like I, I know Jason Smith got hurt like in the first quarter, but I did not see that coming from Ubre. Yeah, 33 minutes basically. Um, I if he plays power forward, he's gonna have some rebound upside too. So I like that call. And I'm a little higher than you on Bradley Beal. I think 7100 is a very fair price for him. The matchup is the concerning part. But I think going forward, if he's priced, you know, below seventy five hundred, he's somebody that I'm going to want to take shots with. Oh, for sure. I, I'm not saying I don't ever play Bradley Beal, but I'm just not a huge fan of the guy's game for for DFS and specifically for this matchup. Right. I just I have zero interest. So right, I hear you there. All right, let's move on to the next game. We've got this is this might be the headlining game. We've got Cleveland favored by two on the road against the Milwaukee Bucks. 210 point total uh isaiah thomas obviously still out for cleveland he's going to be out at least until january i believe was the last i heard and greg monroe questionable for this game so maybe two of the i don't know five best players in the league with lebron and and Giannis. how are you two two of the two best players in the league oh well i'm not there yet. i'm (laughs) I'm not there i don't i don't believe that either i don't believe that either how are we handicapping this matchup? Because if Giannis's first night was any indication, this is a fair fight. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really know. I mean, obviously both of these guys are in play. I just prefer Giannis number one because he's healthy. You know, I just they they said, hey, we're going to limit LeBron's minutes, and then gave him what like forty? Like how many <laughs> minutes did he play in that first game? It was they've absurd. been limiting limiting LeBron's minutes for years. He led the league in minutes last year, and like I was like, what are they doing? But. <laughs> He just, he's an alien. He's a robot. I like don't understand 40, it. 41 minutes in a game that he was supposed to be limited. Um, I right, mean, yeah. he was, he was questionable all day. He, like, he, he game time decision, like 41 minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, you can play both of them. Obviously, what's, uh, Giannis is the most expensive player on FanDuel on this slate, right? Uh, and, I believe that's correct. And then, yeah, so, I mean, I think LeBron's the easier play with pricing, but I think Giannis has the ceiling, even though I just don't see LeBron repeating what he did. I just think he wanted to beat Boston. I mean, that's definitely fair. He wanted to. He's one of those guys that kind of does that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, he had to teach Kyrie a lesson. For sure. Um, Giannis's usage rate in that first game was over 40%. Jesus, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, ridiculous usage. Only one person in the history of basketball has done that for a season. Obviously, Russell Westbrook last year. It's a tough call for me because on one hand, you know his ownership is going to be pretty astronomical coming off of that game because he's a fun guy to roster. He does a lot of different things. And, you know, he was awesome. So he's going to have inflated ownership. And it's a tough matchup against LeBron. You know, Cleveland as a whole is not a great defensive team, but LeBron's probably going to guard him, and that dude's still one of the best in the league. And it's the same way on the other side. You know, LeBron is probably going to get Giannis defense, and he was a monster last season. So I don't know if I really want to play either of them, to be honest. I'm probably actually going to ride your coattails on that take because, I mean, looking at it right now, and this is just just DraftKings splits right here, but 48 uh, through four games for LeBron and 50 through four, four games for Giannis last year. So I, I, yeah, I mean, you can play him. You're probably going to get 45 to 50 
and that's that's fine for cash games. But I think you can get forty five to fifty for much cheaper on this slate. The guy that I I like here is Kevin Love. Do you? Because so, I was I was going to go with Chris Middleton myself. Okay, well, I mean, he's he's also a fine play in my opinion, but yeah. I just am high on Love to begin with coming into the year. I thought that without Kyrie, he was going to have a bigger role in the offense. That I like went the five. Yeah, that didn't entirely yeah. come to fruition in night one, but he picked up those two early fouls, yeah. which kind of limited his uh, his impact to get into the game. So I think that this is a prime bounce back spot. Milwaukee was pretty weak on the glass last year, despite Giannis. So uh, I like Love here. You mentioned the center spot. He has a drastically higher rebound rate when he's not sharing the court with Tristan Thompson, which obviously makes sense. So if Love's going to be spending more time next to guys like Jay Crowder, I think he's got a significantly higher ceiling this year. So I, I like Love. I think this is a good get-right spot for him. Yeah, I have no issues with Love. I mean, I, everything you said I completely agree with. I don't even need to get you know more into that. Um, I just – I don't know. I mean, like we've said this before. I haven't started building lineups. I just don't see Love kind of being a guy that falls into my lineup much. You know, I just – there's there's value elsewhere. There's some – he's just at a – a difficult price for me to really just think like that's where he's going to fall into, but I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I do no, like the matchup. He's exactly like Simmons. He's the same yeah. ballpark. And it sounds like you prefer Simmons, which is, which I is do. Fine, what, which Simmons is or love for you. That's I, an interesting question for GPPs. I'd probably go love for ownership factor, but for cash games, I would probably take the safety of Simmons. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. Actually. I have no issues with that. Um, Chris Middleton though, man, I mean, <laughs> really good basketball player. He's so good and he's so fun to watch. I really don't love his price on FanDuel, but at 64 on DraftKings, like I, I have no issues with that. Like that's a really, really good price play for me with the way he played in game one. We already know. I mean, this isn't new. Middleton did this before he got hurt. And I mean, he, he's a great rebounder on a team that doesn't do that much. Sans Giannis. And he can shoot. He can shoot from range. He can get to the. He can get to the cup. I. I have no issues with Middleton as a mid-range dart throw. You know, I mean, like I actually don't think he's a bad cash game play. I wish he was a little bit cheaper for cash, but on this is DraftKings specifically though, because seventy-seven on Fanduel, I, I can do without that. Though. Yeah, that's that's a little pricey. Yeah, but he played over forty-three minutes in that game, yeah. and that's... he did that all the time before he got hurt too. I know like he's this, a yeah. yeah he's a routinely a forty-plus minute kind of guy. That's super valuable. He didn't even shoot that well in that game. He was 6 of 17, had five turnovers. So he's got room to improve. I'm with you. I like the play. I think it's a strong a strong play and probably a good pivot off of Giannis, who's going to be you know, the, clearly the more popular of the two. That's a really good point. Uh, anybody else in this game that you're looking at? <sighs> I want to say Jay Crowder, but I'm probably not going to look that way, so there's not really much reason to talk about him. Yeah, yeah, I'm with that too. I mean, maybe in a cash game if you need to save some money at 4700, but yeah, if somebody was like, "Hey, I have 4700 left, can I play Jay Crowder?" I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, there's no problem with that." <laughs> right. Like, you know, like I'm just don't jam them in. There's no reason that, to, to go out of your way to get them in your lineup. All right, next game we have the Portland Trailblazers favored by three and a half on the road over the Indiana Pacers. The total here is 225.5. Two injuries. Uh, Zach Collins, he didn't play on Wednesday, I believe, with gastroenteritis. 
Who knows? that? I don't even know what that is. So I don't know if that's something that could also hold them out on Friday. Is that but, the one that was going around last year? Yeah. We're just maybe. like everybody had the shits for like five days. <laughs> well, Rodney Hood <laughs> might have had that on. Uh, Rodney Hood's got like severe IBS, doesn't he? <laughs> like this is like a thing. Like I'm not even like I'm not even joking. Like I think he has like severe IBS and he just like can't control himself. Yeah, it was really sad. Um, yeah, that was really sad for me. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Miles... nobody cares about your lineups, Matt. Nobody. <laughs> Miles Turner. Uh, yeah, who match. people should care about, questionable with a neck injury. So let's start on the Portland side. McCollum back after a one-game suspension. It was a smash spot for Lillard on Wednesday, and he smashed despite not playing, you know, really at all in the fourth quarter. Yeah. What are we doing with those guys here? I mean, I think you can go back to the well if you want to. I have no issues with it. Um, if Turner doesn't play, does this game go to the fourth? Or is this a repeat of Portland Phoenix? Um, I have a harder time thinking that they're going to blow out the Pacers, you know, traveling somewhat east on the road. So I, I think this game would, will stay competitive even if Turner doesn't play. I'm kind of high on the Pacers. I don't know if they're a playoff team or anything like that, but I think this team is clearly more talented than people are giving them credit for. Yeah, no, I don't want to take that down, but I think a lot of that revolves around Miles Turner. Is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I don't think, you know, Darren Collison and Victor Oladipo are two guys you oh, want to put the team. Like, don't you don't put a team on the Oladipo in my presence. Are you that's, an Oladipo guy? That's my boy. Is it? That's my boy. Did he, like, win you a tournament or something? Nah, I just love his game. I mean, he's he's a do-everything kind of guy. He gives you the peripherals. He can score. I think he has an outside chance to lead the Pacers and assist this season. So, I'm, I'm an Oladipo fan. I think that he's a really good player. I have no issues with him. He's just another dude to me, though. Like, okay. Well, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. So, Miles Turner, though, not another dude. I mean... No. If he He's does play, is Portland a good spot here? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you can attack ob- the, the obvious guys. Um, I don't know how much Nurk I would have, um, but Dame, CJ, I have no issues with that. Uh, Depot's your boy. How, how good is his defense? Strong. And playing 40 minutes, that is, though. I think he's a strong defender, so for that reason, I would prefer Lillard of the two. Yeah, in this I have no issue with that. I was going to lean that way anyways. I like Lillard. He came down about ten, uh, about a thousand dollars on both sides, right? He was ten four on DraftKings on Wednesday night. Now he's nine point three. I mean, that's that's a good price for me. Um, I like that these these sites are adjusting. Like with CJ McCollum out, his price went up. A grand and then yeah. back down when he came back in. That's that's no, awesome. It was yeah, super I love smart. That. And it FanDuel didn't do it. He was eighty eight hundred for that game and now he's ninety five hundred. Are you serious? <laughs> I gotta start paying attention to FanDuel, man. That's crazy. No, literally Lillard, Harden, and Giannis were all seventy five plus percent owned. Because it was just so easy to fit them in with all the other guys. Oh, that takes a lot of fun out of a night for it's sure. It's not it's not the best. It's honestly yeah. it was it was Everybody was bitching about it, so yeah. I'm glad that they adjusted a little bit. That's interesting to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I outside, will say, outside of those guys, are you really going anywhere else for for Portland? No. Yeah. No, I won't. I wouldn't do it. I mean, Nurkic. I w- I don't like to play big men against Turner because he's a good a that. good defender at the rim, and I don't know if I'll even want to play Turner here. He jumped from 7,200 to 8,700 on Fanduel. I hate paying for guys when they get priced up like that. And we'll probably see elevated ownership. Maybe the questionable tag takes some of that ownership away. 
I always take some of that like that into account too, though. Yeah, the questionable tag. But if the questionable tag drops, then that that whole thing's out the window. You know, right? Like CJ McCollum on DraftKings right now is listed as out. Like if I cared to play CJ McCollum on this slate, that would be great. I would be super excited about that. You know, but that's, that's probably gonna be point. gone when we wake up tomorrow. So yes. But yeah, I, I think the most interesting plays from this game are on the indie side because I think Depot's in play. I think Collison's in play. My boy Lance is still in play. <laughs> like, I mean, that, it's that's a that's a fun little you know mini stack. Like this this game's really intriguing to me actually. If again, if Miles plays, yeah, and you didn't even mention my man Boyan Bogdanovich. Oh, I thought you were going to say Sabonis. I got excited for a second, but <laughs> no, he's not my man. Okay. <laughs> He's not like Bogdanovich. I like Bogdi. He didn't shoot the ball well in his first game, but he was like the only guy that didn't smash against the Pacers. So um I could see I could see maybe going back to him. Um yeah, that's the only problem, right? Is that all those guys just smashed they scored hundred and forty points in regulation. Yeah. So they all kind of got their salaries pumped just a tiny bit. So it does definitely deter my interest a little. Because you, you can't play any faster than that game. I heard today that that was the fastest game that's been played in the NBA since like 2008. That doesn't shock me. That game was absolutely absurd. It was bonkers. Yeah, so like you don't see like stuff like that every day. Yeah. Um, but. I will say, you mentioned, if the, do I have interest in playing anybody on Portland outside of the guards? Maybe, as a pure punt, Caleb Swanigan. Man, I really liked his game in preseason. Yeah, he's I'm saw... just worried about what they're doing with the, the front court rotation there at Portland. Oh, like, I'm it's, really worried it's about a th- it. It's a, it's a thin play. Yeah. But if you needed a guy at 3,400, I think he's good for like 20 minutes, and he's active in those minutes. You know, he's a good, he, it, good that rebounder. Is, that is very, yeah. So. Completely agree with that. Sabonis with no Turner is really, really interesting to me, if Turner doesn't play, obviously. Yeah, that's a great call, too. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, he. <laughs> He had a really good game against Brooklyn, 16-7. and seven. I'm going to take that from an almost Minke guy. If Turner goes out, that just helps matters just that much more. Yeah, Tony uh, East, who was on a couple podcasts with me preseason, he's an indie guy. He does a Pacers uh, podcast. He said that Sabonis has been incredible since they got him in the preseason and stuff. So it uh, wasn't surprising to see him play well against a really bad Brooklyn defense. I basically wrote Sabonis off in OKC after, what, a year? Yeah, So I, there's a lot of people, I think, that got written off because of how Westbrook played last year. That like my man, me. Victor Oladipo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like, let me just get it out there. I have no issues with Victor Oladipo, but you're making him sound like he's, I don't know, Lance Stevenson or something? Like <laughs> <laughs> When, when Depot's 7,500 this year on DK, we'll look back at this. I mean, Depot's been up there before. That doesn't shock me. In Orlando, Depot was 7K. All right. Well, thanks for ruining my fun. Sorry about that, bud. All right. Next game, <laughs> Orlando Magic at the previously mentioned Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn favored by a point and a half, 221 point total. Um, Jeremy Lin, another pretty bad injury. I, I, wa- I happen to be watching this one live, too. Maybe it's me. Maybe, you are maybe just I'm bad luck. These players. I got to go, man. I'm logging off right now. <laughs> But you could see him mouthing the words like "I'm done" while yeah, he was laying on I the saw floor. That. So yeah. not good. That's really the only injury of note here, though. Well, so, Aaron Gordon's questionable. I didn't even see that one. Okay. Yeah. 
That would be a big deal huge. for the Magic too, because this is. I don't even think this is going to be a sneaky game to stack. I think that this is going to be maybe the most popular game to stack on the whole slate after what Brooklyn just did. I don't disagree with you at all. So, but I mean, for good reason though. There's there's a lot of good plays in this game. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Let's start on the Orlando side. Who are you looking at there? I mean, it does fall down to whether Gordon plays or not, because, I mean, I, in my opinion, this is the year Aaron Gordon is taking over this team. Um, I, I, I just think that's going to be long to him after this season. Um, so he's the, the, the offense is going to funnel through him. But taking him out of that, I think that gives Vooch an incredible ceiling. But Vooch is probably the safest play from this, this game, the Orlando side of this game anyways. But, I mean, Fournier is very, very interesting to me, especially if Aaron Gordon doesn't play. Yeah, he's the one guy that, like, didn't see a price bump, really. Yeah. You know, like, Vooch is 8400 Gordon is 7500 Those guys both saw price spikes of over $1,000. Um, and they had good games. I mean, they were probably deservedly so in this matchup. But Fournier at 5600 he's somebody that I could see myself using for sure against this team. Uh, and I'm a little higher on Alfred Payton than, than you, I think. I love Alfred Payton. Um, I think he's like a nightly triple double threat. I can't remember how many times some guy won a tournament last year because he played Peyton at like 5% ownership. You won't get him at 5% ownership here, but I think against Brooklyn, they are going to struggle all year, especially against point guards. So I can see Peyton having a huge game. Yeah, I just completely overlooked Elf, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I think this is a great, great spot for him. I think he can play both the guards in this game and actually turn out <laughs> sitting really, really pretty with D'Angelo and Elf. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think Elf is a great play. Is he? You like Elf over Vooch, price considered? Yes, price considered. Okay. I do yeah. love Vooch. I'm like the Vooch guy. Like every, I feel like every podcast last year I came on here and was like, Vucevic is too cheap on DraftKings, but... That's not really the case at 84, you know? That's yeah. Well, Vooch is 76 on DraftKings. What am I? Oh, I'm looking at FanDuel. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm looking at FanDuel. Yeah. They're like, they're basically, Elf is 73, Vooch is 76. So I think that's actually, Ooh. that's interesting. Yeah, right. that's close. In that case, I want them both. Yeah. Okay. Hey, this is the game stack, man. We got too many game stacks. Give them both to me. I, You know, and I, I might take some shots with like Terrence Ross. Like, I yeah. I'm targeting Brooklyn all season. I don't think that the pace that they played at was like fluky. Like I think this team is definitely going to lead the league in pace again. I agree. So with that. and they're and they're terrible defensively. So we should be targeting them all year. Let's flip over to Brooklyn. Uh, I'm with you on Russell. I I wanted him so bad. I had a season long draft on Monday. I wanted him so bad with my fifth round pick, but I I didn't get him. And I have a feeling I'm going to really regret that. <laughs> I uh, I haven't had a yearly long fantasy draft for basketball in, I don't know, eight years. So I don't know anything about that. But uh, I absolutely love D'Angelo Russell now that Lynn's gone. I mean, this is this is his team now. You know, I mean, it's I know people were writing off Jeremy Lynn as it is anyways. But I, I really think that this opens up huge doors. I mean, we saw him put up 30 real points in 30 minutes in their last game. Um, 
I don't want to call Elf a lockdown defender, but he's not some slouch on defense, though. So that, Elf is that's terrible. Gonna be a, <laughs> I, I, he's not, but he no, he's not terrible, but he's not great. I feel, I feel like he can, he can get in Russell's head a little bit. So he gets it's going to be interesting. He gets steals. I'll give him that. But I think as far as an on-ball defender, he, uh, he lacks. So it's probably because his hair's in his face. <laughs> that might be. <laughs> so yeah, but I no, have, yeah. I have no problem. I think that'll be popular. I think you can run it back, Russell. You know, load this game up. I have no problem with that. Uh, can we play our boy Crab? Because I'm actually kind of excited about him. Oh, how good was he on that first? Oh, night? He, was, he was a monster. How good was he? I was feeling pretty darn good about my uh, my three point projection. The only thing is that I did see a report from the coach. They're going to ease him in this season. He only played 27 minutes in that game. At his price, I'm fine with 27 minutes. 29 Fanduel points in 27 minutes. I mean, that's at 46. It's not, not. It's not that bad. It could be worse. For sure, I don't hate it. I probably there are different positions, but I probably lean Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He's he's fifty four on DK compared to forty eight for Crab. I think I'd pay the extra six hundred for for RHJ. I have no issue with RHJ, but I'm actually more interested in Levert. Do you have any interest in Karis Levert at all? Love Karis Levert. I mean, for he's the cheapest of the group we're talking about right now. Well, on Fanduel, he's up at. It's 57. Wow, FanDuel. Yeah, FanDuel okay. was like, you guys don't like my soft pricing? Yeah. I'm jacking up everybody. <laughs> He's still 44 on DraftKings. I feel like that's a really, really good value play. Yeah, I'm with you there. Basically, if they're in this game and they could play 30 minutes. <laughs> they're all in play. They're all in play. Yeah, that's a really good point. All right. This game to me is the opposite of that. The Utah Jazz at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Mini favored by four and a half at home, 199 total. I believe this is the only game of the day with a Vegas implied total under 200 points. You don't see that very often anymore. No. You just don't. And like a low one's 210 now. Right. Well, eh, 205. 205. Yeah. 205, yeah. But I think it's fair. I mean, both of these teams are going to be slow teams yeah. this year. And I do have interest in some of these guys on a night-to-night basis. Like, Rudy Gobert was kind of chalky on Wednesday and let a lot of people down. That was a brutal matchup against Jokic. I don't understand why he was so chalky. I I, I, I know Gobert's good, and I'm not trying to take that away from him. But why was that matchup one people were attacking? I'm not sure. I think it's because Jokic is a little soft on the interior. They thought that Gobert could get, you know... 20-ish points to go with his usually stout rebounding and block numbers. But what people didn't take into account is that he was going to be spending too much time on the perimeter guarding Jokic. Yeah. You see this all the time with centers that guard Brook Lopez. And that that game has just started, I think. DeAndre Jordan is going to be the bust of tonight's slate. So if if I'm right there, you can give me props uh, while you're listening to this. But if not, obviously, then... You know, I guess stop listening to the podcast. Don't but. don't give Matt props. Nobody give him props, okay? Just don't do it. We don't need to feed the ego anymore. He's already a Knicks fan. He's got everything, you know? He's got everything. Some of us are born blessed to be, you know, <laughs> Met Jet Knicks fans. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, centers rely on rebounding to score fantasy points. So keep that in con- into consideration. It's a very um, similar matchup with Cat on right, this slate, too. Exactly, yeah. yes. And I love Cat. I definitely intend on playing him a bunch this season. I don't play anybody against Gobert. Yeah, it's um, not worth it. His price is fair. I think he's like 92 on DK. 
91 actually it's yeah it, it's it's very reasonable but i feel like i'm gonna let this work out in minnesota before i start attacking them it's probably going to be like a too good to pass up matchup before i really start loading down on minnesota um i really i'm i, I love jeff teague on this team i think he's going to be like this he's going to win somebody a gpp more than once this year I just mark my words on that mm. um he didn't even play I, in the fourth quarter he got benched for tyus it, jones in game it'll one. change they, yeah. they that that's not gonna stick at all for sure um, i'm totally with you there. i'm totally with you there but yeah i i just i i think this is a really interesting team as a whole i don't think this is the matchup and i don't really have any interest i mean maybe taj because he's cheap but i i that's about it i have no interest in either side of the ball in this game nope and yeah like just to keep the the theme going i love ricky rubio but not tonight so i am you're gonna hear me talk about revenge games i know we're an analytics driven website but i'm gonna talk about revenge games throughout (laughs) this revenge games are are real in the nba i don't even care for this one People don't realize, and maybe people do, but how much effort is like a huge part of NBA basketball. Like the yeah. the honest truth is that these guys just don't play hard every single night. But they can't play eighty two games, right? But if it guys motivated, that's that's a factor. So I, I I laugh at revenge game narratives in other sports, but in basketball, I think they're pretty real. Yeah, I, I honest to God, like I don't I'm not playing Ricky Rubio on the slate, but it wouldn't shock me if he had like 15 assists in this game. He's a, he really I mean, I, I waxed poetic about him when I did my jazz preview, which I'm feeling very good about the over on that team. Still am. And I, I honestly love Utah plus four and a half if uh, anybody out there makes a wager from time to time. But I think the jazz are just going to be underrated for the beginning half portion of the season, at least so. I'm going to ride them. Let's move on to the next game. Sacramento Kings at the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas favored by five. 202.5 total on this game. A uh, couple injuries to monitor. Zebo didn't play on Wednesday. He had oral surgery done. So he ended up sitting out. Uh, I, I would assume he'd be back for tonight's game, but you never know. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, no relation to Boyan. He is questionable with an ankle injury, and Seth Curry questionable with a leg injury. So let's start with Sacramento. What are we doing here? Anything? I mean, this is another game that I have very little interest in. I actually don't mind this game one bit. I think it. I I have no issues when two bad teams match up with each other. Um, I actually think this there's there's a decent amount of plays from both sides of the ball. I think a lot comes down to Zach Randolph playing or not playing because I love Scal if he doesn't play. Willie Cauley Stein is probably going to be an option for me either way with okay. Zebo. Um, we've we talked about Willie Cauley Stein on the the preview podcast. I'm a big fan of him. I think that this is kind of a centerpiece for their rebuild, um, along with the guards um, who I am also interested in this game. Wasn't super impressed with the defense that Dallas was playing uh, in the backcourt. Uh, on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, DSJ uh, is going to get shredded this season. Yeah, he's not. He is not a lockdown guy in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, I think the guards are interesting here. Um, I'm going to try and get some news on Zebo before I really pull the trigger on any of these guys. But you know, probably Scalabissier is probably my favorite of the group, given Zach Randolph out. Yeah, see, I think the guy I would want to play is Randolph if he's in at 55. I, so. I agree with that. If if he plays, I'm probably going to play him, but. You know, I think they. I think Skull has actually pretty similar upside to Zebo, and he's cheaper. So that's that's always what I'm about. But 
I don't know, man. I, I, I'm really curious to see if they let Zach Randolph play full minutes or if they're just going to have him play 25 minutes a game. I need to know what Zach Randolph is going to do for this team before I pull the trigger on him. That's kind of why I'm a little scared to play him. Right. I hear, And it would be a GPP play. It's yeah. interesting. I mean, because why did they bring in all these old guys would be what it, you know people might Just to help out. Have, have you really sat back and looked at the Kings roster? Like, they are loaded with young talent. Like, loaded with it. And I feel like you have to have a little bit of vet presence with Vince Carter, with Zach Randolph. I feel like they're doing really good things for them. You know, not on the actual game time court, I feel like, is probably their role there. All right, kind of like the uh, the KG in Minnesota thing. Yes, I All feel right. like that, that, and that's why I'm worried about Zebo. You know, to, to come full circle here, that's why I'm worried about, because I don't, why would they play Zach Randolph 35 <laughs> minutes a game? You know, like why no, would I don't he... think they would ever play him 35, but I could I could see 28. Yeah. I'm and not at gonna 55, disagree with that. I think he leads the team in usage when he's on the floor for sure. Yeah. You know, similar to what he was in Memphis last year. And we know Dallas can be beat on the inside. Um unless they're going to play Noel more minutes who Smash, man. He smashed, smashed, but he did it in 19 and a half minutes. So. Yeah, I would, yeah, I was going to bring up the exact same thing because, man, everything in my body tells me to play. No, go back to the Noel well, but those minutes scare the hell out of me. Yeah, I really hope he, he increases as the season goes on. I mean, you think he should. You, you would think that he absolutely. should. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, he put up basically 40 DK points in less than 20 minutes, so that's that's stud performance. Dennis he Hip could Jr. do it again, though, in this. Any interest in DSJ? Yeah, I do have interest in him. I think he played really, really – man, I watched a lot of that game. I really was interested to see him. I have interest in him, but I am worried to death about Carlisle's rotation. I know Dennis Smith – he rolled his ankle, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I, I know that that had an impact in it, but I still didn't love the rotations that Carlisle was rolling out. So when once Dennis Smith, the price comes up, if the minutes stay kind of similar, I'm going to be a little worried about it. Yeah, right, because that game, too, was without Seth Curry. So if yeah. he plays, that's another guard to throw in. So I mean, they played them all. Berea, yep. Harris played. I mean, there's and they still have Yogi. Yogi started in that game, I believe. Yep. Um, and you, you still have to throw Wes Matthews in there. So they have a plethora. I think they need to let Dennis Smith just go get loose. But I am worried about it because Carlisle, I mean, he's a really good coach. And if he has an idea in his head, he's probably going to stick with it. So. All righty. Uh, I think that covers that game. Let's get to Golden State in New Orleans. Golden State is favored by six and a half on the road, two hundred and twenty-two point five total. Uh, Omri Caspi questionable with an ankle injury. Draymond Green questionable with an ankle injury. I would say he honestly might even be closer to doubtful. No, they upgraded him from doubtful to probable last time I saw it. Him and Iggy are both probable from last time I saw it. Okay, well that's good to know. I honestly was preparing like Draymond wasn't going to play, which actually and I w- makes me sad now. I was doing the same thing, but then I saw that because it was it was not even that far apart. Like updating the Draymond Green, he's he's doubtful with you know Caspi and Iggy or whatever, and then like not fifteen minutes later, the report came out and it was like Draymond's been upgraded to probable. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand what the hell just happened. Like, yeah, like what happened in that fifteen minutes to where he was like, no, I'm not going to play to. Now nah, fuck that. I'm playing against Boogie and AD. Like I, I'm, I'm really curious as to what happened there. All right, so let's let's talk about these guys. So assuming that the Warriors are at full strength now, who do you like here? 
Golden State side, I mean, I, I still stand by Kevin Durant's the safest player of the bunch and probably going to be one of the few I go to. Um, I was truly hoping that Draymond didn't play because Jordan Bell was going to be very, very intriguing to me. But I, I don't really love anybody from this game, but I will say that if, if you're looking to hate yourself and you're looking for a super long shot GPP play, I feel like this could be a JaVale McGee game. And everybody's going to be, you know, um, there's no reason people are going to look at it that way anyways. But the fact that he didn't play in the last game is I feel like is going to be good for him at some point in time. Yeah, I'd probably lean Zaza, but I get the logic of what you're saying. Like yeah. they're they're going to need a center in this game. So yeah. those guys should both get minutes. It was weird that opening night game. I mean, it seemed like the Warriors were already in like mid-season, like I'm I'm going to coast form. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Like Steph played less than 30 minutes. You know, they were letting Swaggy P just do whatever he wanted for like a good chunk of time. I'm not sure why you would have thought that they would have had motivation on opening night, ring night, banner night. So I'm a I little mean, they... concerned. Can I be a little concerned about the Warriors? Maybe not that, you know, they're going to be a good team because we all know they're a great team, but maybe not that they're going to bring that same every night, you know, mentality that we've become accustomed to seeing. I feel like they're going to get bored at times. Um, I feel like it, it, it's not crazy to say that with a team that's – it's kind of like when you have a kid in like second grade, but he's hella smart, and second grade work just bores the hell out of him, so he starts acting up, you know? <laughs> like it, it's, it's, the perfect, it's the perfect example because like these guys just don't care. I mean you got you to gotta look at it though. It was ring – this ring ceremony night on opening night. Like that's a lot of distraction as it is. This game was supposed to start at 930, but with the ceremony, it basically tipped off at – like 10.05 my time, so 11.05 Eastern. Um, you know, I mean, it, there was a lot of distractions. And then they went up by, like, I think it was, like, 20 in the first quarter because Clay got hot. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, like... And I they f- do probably win that game if Draymond doesn't leave with the game. I agree with that. I agree with that. But, like, so. Houston just... I just think Houston showed... I don't think Houston should have won that game. But I do fully believe that Houston can hang with Golden State on a regular basis, which actually is really interesting to me. Like I and Chris I mean, you gotta say yes, they didn't have Draymond, but basically Houston didn't have Chris Paul. You know yeah, like, that was weird. That yeah. was very weird to see. Um I don't know like do you really believe that he's hurt? Or I mean he missed the next game, so I mean unless they're just really just trying to sell this, yeah, I I do think <laughs> he has an injury, you know? Like I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist. I mean that I don't think that they need to do that two games into the season. I just, just call me crazy. They're but I don't... like, you know what? We could beat Sacramento without him. Let's protect Chris's ego here. You know, he <laughs> looks a couple steps slow, so let's just uh, let's just protect him. Um, um, but no, yeah, I hear you. I, Durant too. I didn't realize he played thirty-eight minutes basically. So yeah. yeah, I'm with you there. It's not like they were automatically resting guys already. It just happened to be that Curry didn't play a ton of minutes for one reason or the other. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Golden State is what they are, right? You you take your shots with them. You know, you never know whose night it's going to be, but I'm with you. I think Durant is going to offer the most night-to-night consistency. And Clay is the one guy that um, I'm really not playing for the most part unless I think it's going to be a blowout. So that that backfired on me a bit. In the Houston game, but he also put up four combined steals and blocks, which I think is high for him and um, ended up playing 38 minutes compared to, you know, like I said, 29 for Curry. So I think that balances out a little bit. 
I have no problem fading Thompson most nights. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there. We talked about Thompson in the preview pod. I'm just not a huge fan of guys. Like you said, like he had the blocks and steals in this game, but you know, he can put up 30 real points and have 31 fantasy points and, you know, on, on FanDuel. So I'm just not really interested in guys like that most of the time. All right, let's flip over to the New Orleans side. Any interest in either of the Twin Towers here? I mean, yeah, I think you can play them. Um, I don't think that they're going to be able to lock them both down. I think one or the other is going to get locked down at certain points in the game. Um, I think you're you're considering one of those two, and if you're not, then you just kind of avoid this game unless you want to play, take a shot on one of the Golden State guys because there's nobody else on New Orleans I'm even remotely interested in. Yeah, I, I, I prefer Cousins of the two, but I've – put myself clearly in team cousins camp between these two guys hey you're not allowed to say your team cousins when you said hey win something first i will never let you take cousins ever because it's my boy and you disgraced him on a on a preview pod and it almost made me cry it almost made i did me cry. notice after that that's your twitter uh yeah, man. He's him getting I, like a beer poured on him or something. I've had DeMarcus Cousins <laughs> as my Twitter profile picture for like, I don't know, five years now. And at Christmas time, I have a picture of him dressed up as Santa Claus. So I change it for the month of December. And that's the only time it changes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Gotta love um, it. But I yeah, have a signed just, DeMarcus Cousins draft card like right above my desk right now. It's pretty awesome. Of, uh, of the two guys, I think Cousins is the more consistent night-to-night play. That's Couldn't all agree. I wanted to say. I'm just trying yeah. to. I'm just trying to slip some stats. You're, in. you're trying to hop on the bandwagon, I'm but I'm not going to let you. Some stats in in between me saying that's my boy to random, <laughs> random dudes that most people will never play. That's all these people need to know is that it's your boy. Um, no interest at all in Drew Holiday. I I might have some interest in Drew Holiday at 6100. I mean, outside of price, sell me on what's what you're looking at there, because he scored 17 draft or Fanduel points against Memphis in the first game in 38 minutes. Right. Tell me what's interesting. That, that was Memphis. That's a much different game. This is up tempo. Because I feel like I mean, Golden State has get, better defense. You can't get differences in pace though. Like those. I understand differences in pace, but I think Golden State's a better defensive team. They are quite good defensively, but. For GPPs, Drew's gonna see we're, Clay, just, we're sure. just looking at the the top percentile outcome, right? Yeah. So when things break right, you get a fast game against uh, the Warriors. Like they're they're susceptible to giving up big games because of their pace. Okay. So I'm interested in a guy who's gonna play. You know, he played 38 and a half minutes. He only shot two of 11 from the field. Like the minutes are real. The shooting is an aberration. So. He's going to get better. Like, I like the price. He fell from 7K all the way to 6,100 on DraftKings. Like, those are the types of guys that I just try to target as long as I don't think there's a underlying reason for the bad play. I don't have, I don't have any issues with it. I just feel like 10 game slate. I don't, I don't know if you necessarily need to go that route. That's all. all. I just, I just don't have it. I just, I just disagree with you on this play. That's all there is to it. (laughs) That's fair. You're allowed to disagree with me. I, you know, I disagree with you all the time. I just don't say it out loud. Now I'm going. <laughs> Please say it out loud. I'm just man. kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Say it out loud. I'm just kidding. Um, let's get to the last game. I I got to be honest. I was a little surprised when I saw this spread. So it's the Lakers at Phoenix. Phoenix favored by three. And we have a 220.5 total. So 
Another I think piece half of that's the back to back. Another piece of history on opening night to go with Stanley Johnson. Biggest opening night loss in the history of Ooh. the NBA. I did not see that coming either. Yep, guy hit a uh, little fadeaway at the buzzer to cut it from 50 to 48. So oh my God. at one point they were almost getting doubled up. It was literally like 116 to 60. I couldn't believe it. It was. Im- I felt embarrassed, honestly, for the Phoenix organization. I don't ever feel embarrassed for the Phoenix organization, honestly. So, well, they should feel embarrassed then for themselves. They should be. I don't feel it though. <laughs> um, but anyway, they lost by fifty, and now they're favored by three against a team that that a lot of people, including yourself, feel are going to be frisky this year. So, Lakers still going to be without KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope, serving game two of his suspension. And Alex Len didn't play on Wednesday. He was questionable. I, I would bank on him playing in this game, but we don't have official word on that yet. So he's also going to be listed as questionable. So we'll know more about the Lakers, obviously, after their game with the Clippers here tonight. But what are your initial impressions of this spot? I feel like this is a game that normally would like really, really draw me, and I feel like it will. But I'm... I'm... I don't know who to play because as we're saying this right now, there is seven minutes left in the first quarter of the L.A. game. So I haven't watched the Lakers actually play a regular season game yet. Um, Phoenix got smoked. So we haven't actually seen them play like a regular season game yet. I don't know who to attack. I I hate the fact that Chris went back to the bench. Um, That was another heartbreaker for me to not, not to get into my lineups again, but. That was a heartbreaker. For oh, me you played Marquise Chris on DraftKings. I had Chris, brutal, and I man. needed I needed 15 points from him to cash, and I Oof. got four or whatever he did. So anyway, that's brutal. He's on yeah. my list at the moment. So like outside of like the obvious like Bledsoe and Booker for Phoenix, I, I'm I don't really know who to attack. If Lynn was out, I think Chandler's very interesting, but the matchup with Brolo could really be outside of his wheelhouse. So I think that that throws a wrench into the mix. I don't know who to play. I feel like I just want to say Bledsoe and Booker are my two guys, and that's kind of where I'm going to land with. I'll, you know, I just haven't seen the LA rotation yet. I have to see it before I, I can say anything. So yeah, so I love Alex Len this year. I think at 4100, he's he's playable in this matchup. We talked about we don't want to target Brooke Lopez guys, so maybe this isn't the spot for him. But I think that. For the most part this year, he's going to play the majority of the center minutes. And he's going to go up from 4,100 real quick. So I'm looking to take advantage of him while he is lower priced. So I don't hate him here, even though it's not the best matchup. Do you Um, think we get this news in time for it to be useful? Are you playing him without a for sure he's playing? No, I'm not doing that on a 10-game slate. But Are you playing either one of them without news? Chandler and Lynn, that is. No, I actually okay. I'm seeing an updated new now that news now that he's probable. So okay. if he stays probable, that. I will continue. I will look to play Alex Len, just okay. because I think 4100. Like you don't get a lot of guys on DK that cheap that can give you, you know, a, a consistent production stat line. You know, like I yeah. think as long as he's in the lineup this year, he's going to be pretty productive because he's been productive when he's played. He just, for some reason, didn't play for long stretches of time. Yeah, that's true. So, I like Len. Um, I'm with you on Booker and Bledsoe being tournament plays. Probably leaning Booker of the two. Um, and then on the LA side, I think that as long as Lonzo is going to be like limited, it's going to be tough to get a real feel for how good this team is. 
And I agree with that. I mean, that that's just kind of what I'm saying right now. Like, I mean, we saw the whole LeBron's limited thing, and then, you know, I don't know what they're going to play, so I just don't really... If I had to, if everybody's playing 30 minutes, I really like Lopez in this matchup. I really don't mind Randall. And with no KCP, Clarkson's probably going to be chalk again. I mean, yeah. that's just all my, that's my assumption. So yeah, Clarkson so. at 4,400, I think is a great play. Yeah. And Lopez at 6,500 is almost lock and load for me in cash games. I have no issue with that whatsoever. I love that price for him. You know, Phoenix is going to be a bad team. So the fact that they're projecting Phoenix to actually win this game in Vegas for some reason, you know they're going to get flooded with Laker tickets. So it's like an odd game that they're taking a stand on. It's not going to shock me to see Phoenix win this game given that spread. Um, but anyway, I think that means that this game stays close. So I'm not worried about that. I like. I think you can basically play anyone and, and expect them to get you know, their normal complement of minutes here. Yeah. Um, the one other thing, we'll see how many minutes Randall gets tonight, but he apparently is going to be a little limited early in the season. It could be a spot for Larry Nance Jr. or maybe even, dare I say, Kyle Kuzma, depending Kuzi. on how the minutes shake out tonight. So that's a situation that we'll have to keep our eye on. Man, Kuzma would be a smash spot at the four here. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'm not going to lie. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting game. I just need more news for it, plain and simple. And uh, yeah, I mean, when they play later on in the season, this is going to be one we talk about for like 20 minutes, for yeah, sure. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of On the Daily. Let me ask you one question before you sign off. Yes. Favorite game stack of the night, because we talked about like seven of them. Mm. I mean, Orlando-Brooklyn is the obvious answer. Okay. I think that's going to be the chalk game stack. So I will pivot. I will pivot here. Where is uh, to Indiana Portland? Yeah, I was going to pick the same one, but uh, if you take that one, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to. I think I might have just talked myself into Phoenix, LA. Sadly enough, I, I think I'm. I, I I might have a lot of action on this game. Maybe not a full game stack, but. Mix it in here and there. I mean, getting those late West Coast games in is typically smart for DFS. I'm a super, super bad individual when it comes to, like, the late night hammer is always, like, my coin flip. Like, I always have to have at least one guy. I I will ruin lineups because of the late night hammer, and I fully admit (laughs) that. So take my advice, you know, with a a grain of salt because I (laughs) – I will 100% ruin a lineup just to get the late night hammer. I'm I'm with you. It for some reason it's it's so much more painful to watch lineups that are in the green move backwards yeah. yep. than you know watch things move forward. Even if you end up with the same amount of money in the end, yeah, it just feels better it's if all, you're moving yeah. up at the end of the night. It's all relative, but I don't like falling back. Not <laughs> <Absolutely>. my thing. <laughs> All right, man. For Vince, who you can find on Twitter at wakeworkwake, I am Matt Lamarca on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Road of His Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Road of His Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Road of His Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS.
Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.